where the weakest ones can change the faith of their nation. Only one man can restore balance to his nation. He stands alone as the final hope of his people. Welcome to the Mpendulo Busane Show. Welcome to the Mpendulo Busane Show. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Loazi Luapeshea Kosa. If you don't already know who she is, Loazi is a humanitarian and youth empowerment activist focused on the African continent. She's a Standard Bank Social Justice Ambassador and was part of the Albertina Sisulu Top 100 Women of Fortitude. Welcome, Loazi Luapeshea Kosa. So, Loazi, um, you coordinate roundtables with state entities um, in various sectors and young people um, to influence policy. Uh, what does that mean? Um, so, basically, what I do, well, what I used to do, but I'm currently trying to really establish myself in the space again. Mm. Um, I used to work for a youth policy organization that basically advocates for the inclusivity of young people and the inclusion of young people into spaces which make policies um which speak to development not only of young people however of south africa and potentially the content as a whole so what we would do um in my previous job or what i would do in my previous job is to basically bring together young people um to speak their truths to power um, yeah. and that would happen in the forms of roundtables in forms of surveys um, where we basically try to conduct research and and, and, and the works. Um, but what I still do now is I do I do still get invited a lot as a speaker virtually and physically so to basically um, share off my thoughts and ideas on certain matters that are currently affecting young people. Yeah. On your thoughts and ideas, um, what would your perspective be on the political landscape of South Africa at the moment? Young people are on the outskirts. Um, I think young people are not at the core of decision making and it's extremely worrisome because we find ourselves in, I mean, continentally, um, the median age in Africa is 15. Um, mm. And that then means that our population base is youth heavy yeah um and where where do young people find themselves within policy making um structures where do young people find themselves within the core of power and, and within the core of true power and you find yourself in a, you find yourself in a position where young people have become um i wouldn't say despondent because young people are, are active in other ways but i will say young people have largely rejected um the status quo and the modus operandi of how politics um, and the institution of, of politics within not only South Africa for, but from a, a continental perspective as well so we find ourselves in a position where people are asking themselves um, where young people are but young people are there and it's just that young people are not represented right now within the structures that be and within the powers that be and um, a lot of young people are then have been chosen to stay away from processes such as voting yeah. Um, for protest, from from so many other things, because they feel as though the system as it is does not include them. Mm. Um, the system as it is is very old, um, and it's it's very shocking and surprising that the system is old with people who were once young, mm. who mm. were once rebellious, who were activists themselves. A lot of um, African nations are currently governed by 
other individuals or parties that took them um, right into liberation. So they are currently governed by um, post-liberation movements, um, post-liberation leaders. And we find ourselves in a position where we're asking, okay, the freedom that you were fighting for, was it for generations to come? Or were you fighting for your, your generation's freedom? Because if that's the case, that then means young people today, the onus then lies on young people today to potentially fight for their own freedom. Yeah, yeah. If that's what we're headed to. Yeah. So, like, you're, you're politically affiliated with the ANC, am I right? Yes. So, um, the ANC has come under fire recently, um, as you've seen. I'm sure, I know you... Um, I'm active on Twitter a lot, um, and you've seen ANC must fall, you know, the other swear word and, and, and ANC, and um, there's been allegations of corruption, um, taking advantage of PPE tenders right now within the midst of, of a pandemic, and some ANC members have been implicated in these allegations. What keeps you affiliated with the ANC since like this has surfaced it, and, and, and like this is not new, you know? Everyone knows, every South African knows that like there's always a scandal with the ANC. So what keeps you affiliated with mm. the party? So for me, um, my affiliation with the ANC runs solely based on my ideology, right? Okay. Um, and I believe that if we're actively working towards rebuilding a nation that is inclusive of all, mm. um, personally, I believe that the machinery that we should use is ANC. Um, however, it does find itself and it does find itself underwater currently, greatly so. Um, and therefore, it then is the responsibility of us as young people. It is the responsibility of everyone actually who is affiliated to the ANC, who equally is not affiliated to the ANC, to call it out because um, we can't. Like I've always said, if, if if you love something, you need to speak truth to it. Yeah. Um, and right now, this moment in history requires of us to speak truth to power. And speaking truth to power means speaking truth to the ANC and its leaders. Um, and it is no secret that we find ourselves in a very tricky terrain. But based on what, based on the vehicle I believe can potentially move South Africa forward, as it has done before in the past, um, I think the ANC for me um, is the only is the only mechanism that that i i align with um because if you're looking at other political parties the majority of them are a breakaway from the anc so yeah. then you question the fact that are you really um are you really a different entity as a whole or are you just a breakaway seeking power and seeking to validate your existence in society so for me um I just believe that the ANC personally is, is an organization that makes the most sense. Um, yes, politics is a very messy terrain. There is there's not a single, um, I don't think there's a single party that, that has smooth sailing. Um, so yeah, those, those are my sentiments. So in terms of inheritance and how the youth... Um, that are affiliated with the ANC, um, people such as yourself, um, do you think you're going to inherit inherit a good party? Since South Africans are not so convinced right now. You know, I'm... Oh, and I think part of the reason, again, 
why I still affiliate with the ANC is because I look at young people in the ANC who are like myself, um, who are educated, qualified, and capable. And I think this is what the future of the country looks like. Um, for me, they give me hope, right? So will we inherit an ANC is another question on its own. But if we do inherit a, a living and alive ANC, will we transform it? I definitely believe that young people in the ANC right now are currently extremely, extremely tired of the status quo and were potentially doing our best to change um, politics as it, as it exists. Yeah, but in terms of youth in, 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 in parliament, um, a prominent figure that everyone knows is Nompendulo Mkacho. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that um, the, the old leaders or the leaders that have been in power for such a long time are allowing the youth to come into, in, into parliament and actually um, having a say in policy making and decision making? Definitely. Um, a lo- well, prior to elections last year, I was very, very skeptical about it because I thought to myself that this potentially could be using young people as tokens of some sort and using young people as quota figures to say no, but we do have young people in the spaces. But I think that having followed the work that they do, um, a lot of them sit as groups of their committees. And I mean, having a 27-year-old, having a 25-year-old, um, I think the youngest is currently 26. Yeah. Um, and, and, and having those individuals chair committees um, nearly means that you have members of parliament and you have ministers that sit in those committees that report to young people and young people are becoming far more active um, drivers of change within the powers that be and within, within international polit- um, politics discourse, political discourse. So mm. I, I do believe that change is taking place it is gradual it is slow it is obviously going to be met with resistance because no one wants to hand over power um but do i think it's happening i definitely do believe so okay and you know with with um you one day becoming uh a figure in the anc and in government um if you were to see fill a seat be a figure in the ANC. so what do you want to become <laughs> no, I wanna- I want to be support staff. I I want to make sure that the state operates. I want to make sure that government operates. So I want I want to be a government official that literally ensures service delivery to the people of a country at its maximum, at its highest core. True, but at the yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be on a post that one day. <laughs> I'm not going to. Con- no, 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 no. I I don't have the. The, the, the heart just must be true but right now what we're seeing in the ANC is that like the commitment of the politician and the people in power is not to the people but rather to the ANC and they're loyal to the ANC hence why the corruption scandals this comrade gave this comrade a tender and all that well I guess one could question that um, but I because so I understand where you're coming from in the sense that um, there's greater loyalty to the party yeah. um, than there is to the individuals. But I think that the loyalty to the party comes in a sense of protecting the party, right? I don't know whether you were aware of there was a flag campaign that I even personally caught on a bit late mm. and I was very confused by it. But I think people's loyalty to the party is is used as some form of protection mechanism. Um Whereas they're saying that, yes, there are rotten apples in, in, in the entity and there are rotten apples within the party. However, 
we owe it to the party to be loyal to the party. Mm. Um, I do, however, not think that that comes at the expense of, of, of South Africans. I don't think that it comes at the expense of being loyal to South Africans because I know a lot of people who partake, partook in, in potentially the, the flag movement that took place last week Friday. Last week Friday, yeah. Um, in, 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 in them explicitly saying that we are protecting the ANC, it never came at an expense of saying we're protecting the ANC and screw everyone else. But why protect the ANC if you know that they are wrong? So, remember, they always say the personal is not political and the political is not personal. And so, therefore, Fair. the individuals in the party, right, okay. are wrong. But the party itself, the ANC has never signed off on any tender. The ANC has never approved any tender. The ANC is just currently sitting in governance, right? And so, the party itself, and because there is the longevity of the party is what matters most. People come and go, leaders come and go, mm, mm. but at the core of, of, of politics is whatever it is that you align to. And I think it, it, it solely was informed by protecting whatever it is that we are aligned to. But the ANC is the vehicle for these individuals to get into power and later um, distribute, if, if, for lack of a better word, distribute these contracts and 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 and, and bribes or, or, or whatever the case may be that is wrong and take and stealing away from the people of this country but then i need to go back to the party and you say you have your own in, your own internal disciplinary measures right um and no one is above them so as a party what it what measures are you going to take to ensure that you're disciplining um those who, whom you've sent right uh-huh. um and like you said it is a vehicle that enables people to govern it isn't a vehicle that puts people in positions of power but then again it bears the responsibility um, through the channels that it has created to basically discipline um, and to remove from power when necessary um, those individuals who then abuse it so um, that's why there is a sense of protecting um, and holding and upholding the integrity of it Mm. so that when you're presenting it with these people you're saying as the movement this is what you stand for and these mm-hmm. people are currently these people whom you've sent yeah. are currently going against all the policies that you stand for therefore it is up to you as a fully functional vehicle um to discipline and strip off power where, where necessary so i think that coming back to the anc it's, it's like saying Bindula, if you are a small child um and you misbehave in the street the likelihood of someone disciplining disciplining you in the streets is very slim. But someone going to your mother and saying, your son has done this and that and the next thing, and your mother then calling it to order is far more probable. So I think if you could look at it from that direction, it would potentially make more sense. I think when, I, I think in terms of when it, come, when it comes back to my mother, my mom would actually discipline me because I don't know of many people that have been disciplined. But we can move on. And <laughs> so... so um, since you influence policy right and um i think a big factor in 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 the influence is education right um do you try influence basic education um the the basic education department into making tvet colleges more popular in inverted commas um by by taking away the stigma that lies within these colleges 
um, because to be quite frank, skill development is needed to boost the economy and hopefully eradicate definitely. employment. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I, in 2018, if I'm not mistaken, um, I started an organization called Kazambali, basically oh, yes. Kazambali was dealing with menstrual hygiene um, and menstrual hygiene healthcare and, 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 and um, because I had specifically targeted rural areas, I then was able to basically motivate young people to seek opportunities to speak to their realities as well. Because if you're saying to someone, um, dream of being a doctor, and that person is a young person currently located in sync, I'm not saying limit people's dreams to where it is that they are, but um, I think if we stopped putting all the glory in universities and we began saying mm. to people, mm. come back to your reality and come back to what it is that your people need right mm. if you're to be an entrepreneur if you're to be um anything really if you, if you are to be a carpenter if you are to be a farmer a plumber what is it that your people need because the your first clientele base and the first people who are going to buy into you are those who are around you right so if you're going into places like i'm saying if you're going into places like Guatemala, if you're going to places like it's nothing in America, and you're saying to young people that we're not all going to go to university, that's the reality because one, there's no space, there's not enough space for all of us, yeah, but two, yeah. systematically, financially, the system is not going to be able to accommodate all of us, right? Yeah. Um, and therefore, as someone who has access, how do I then say to you, um, let's relook what the future looks like for South Africa, right? Because if we're also equally speaking about decolonizing education and we're saying that we need to come up with African solutions um, to African problems, why is it that everyone is still queuing almost every January to step into a university that can only take yeah. 3,000 first year? Yeah. Yeah. When people are not saying, okay, in South Africa, we have an electricity problem, excuse me. Mm. Why are we not going to civil colleges and studying electrical engineering there to best understand how it is that we meet the demand um, with supply in this country? So how are we going to practicalize our education is, is a big question. And I yeah. think that um, as an individual, I've obviously not been able to champion it alone, but I think that there are entities that are, are vigorously looking into um, bringing it back to fashion um what education should look like for yeah. um the, the young the, the young South Africans. Because I mean we used to have teaching colleges and we used to have nursing colleges um and those were very specific those were very career specific you would go to a teaching college you'd spend three to four years and you would walk out as a teacher and now the system requires of you to go find a university um that you get a university degree yeah and and it, that is systematic and it is extremely problematic and it literally is the greatest gatekeeper um to the success of young people in this country and i really think that we need to begin um reshaping our thinking around careers um around institutions of higher learning um around jobs as well yeah. because um i think that we're currently in a space where things are, are, are changing drastically so um and what i mean i was saying to someone the other day 
did you ever think in your life that logistics mm. as a career mm. would matter so much? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a good three months, we have been, for the fourth month, we have been locked down and some things can't get to you because, and you can't get to some things because you can't travel. Yes. But logistics has ensured that if you're ordering something on take a lot, mm. it gets to you. If you're ordering something on with the delivery, it gets to you. If you're ordering something from Superbulous, it gets to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did we ever think we'd live in a time where the delivery man Mat- matters again. Mattered, yeah, yeah, 100%. The delivery man used to matter back then when they would drop off milk and eggs and, and, and <laughs> newspaper, and yeah, things. yeah. And now it's like, shit, we're back, sorry, <laughs> we're back there, yeah, we're back there. Um, so we really need to look into how we reprofessionalize other careers, and I mean. I work, I work in the communication space, um, and I work for the state, and I'm actually, I don't, I don't work for the state, I work for Maspal. <laughs> Which is, it's part of the state, it's, it's, it's local governance. Local governance, you know when you were growing up, they used to say, yo, Zanzel Maspal, you made it known. Um, provincial. Huh? Ufunukia provincial. No, 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 I'm fine where I am. But you realize how much companies and the state has neglected communicating with these people, mm, right? Mm, mm. Um, because now if you go and you study communications and media, it's like I will always yeah, call it. Um, why yeah. don't you study accounting and why don't you study finance? And that's wrong, yeah. Mm. And so, outside of you being a lawyer and a doctor and an accountant and an economist, who is going to let your field know out there? Who's going to let the people know what exactly it is that you do? Because I've always argued that um, it's so today at work, someone said the work of this municipality is a secret because no one communicates it. True, right true. people don't know certain things and um, people don't know the, the dissemination of information is not something that we prioritize um and that's why we find ourselves in a position where it's as though the state is not working it's as though provinces are not working it's as though municipalities are not working but they are but these things are not known because no one will ever take a communicator seriously so right when i do my just i don't know do whatever like but for me i feel like the so, public the public believes in seeing, you know, when they see roads getting Definitely. fixed, they, they see, um, I, I would say pit toilets, but, but pit toilets are not the best, but I would say, um, RDP houses being built you'd, proper, you'd, you'd say, proper RDP, you'd say a, prop, a proper a sanitation proper. system, exactly a my point, a proper house, a proper, definitely, and if that takes place in Guadalajara, yeah? yeah, a very, very isolated area, mm. How would you know about it? Okay, true, because white media won't cover it. But at the same time... Exactly. But at the same time, why do we have to cover RDP houses that are made out of Amazanke or tins, you know? Um, and you, you... So, so, so that, that, that story made me upset. Because <laughs> I was like... Oh. My God, there's a lot of things that leave me like, who, yeah. who thought about this? 
of truth this what is the but it's the tender it's 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 nothing from local governance or provincial governance it's the tender so it, it was the it was the applier and the officials of the government that approved that Yeah, it makes my eyes go backwards. But anyway, I always say that um, there's something. So no one in the state is, is, is sitting. Okay, true. That I can, that I can, I can reassure you. I can bet my life. No one is sitting, right? Um, and the, the the question then also becomes: You're working, yes, but at what level are you delivering? Are you just ticking boxes or are you genuinely delivering? And this is what we then need to interrogate, right? Yeah. That if you're saying you're going to build people houses, I mean, how dang build people houses? How dang build people, um, what's this thing? Uh, the low cost, the low cost housing. The one that, it um, low cost housing, it was, um, Temporarily housing, temporary housing um, arrangements that were meant to depopulate um, populated squatter camps and informal settlements, right? Um, and those were decent. Those were decent as temporary housing. Those were decent because they were made um, of I can't remember what it was that they were made of actually, um, but they had a proper foundation and structure. Okay. They were not sitting, sitting on bricks. Um, they had a proper sanitation system and as a temporary measure which I hope will be a temporary measure and not end up being the ultimate measure because that's another thing um, those are decent and then you find yourself in a position where someone else yeah yeah well you said you said that um, there's no one sitting around in government right um, and I think um, there's a difference between working hard and actually being effective you know um, a lot of people would think that the government okay p- people in the state or like people can say the government's working hard but not a lot of people are being effective so um, to go back to the basic education and, and, and Tibet and Tibet colleges um, I went um, on an exchange program to England and what I noticed there is that there's two levels of, um, of, 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 of education, if we can call it that. Um, in South Africa, we have GT phase and FET phase in high school. Um, in England, they've got A-levels and they've got GCSEs. In GCSEs, you take your English, your math, everything. And then when you get to your A-levels, you start specializing. Don't you think that Department of Basic Education should bring in that type of um, curriculum in South Africa where we can actually identify... Um, the kids strong points rather than actually giving everyone the same thing because at the end of the day um if i like bananas and you like apples we're two different people mm. but i think they can argue that they are doing that right the fact that you can choose what subject you're continuing with post grade nine um should be a way in which it should be a way that stirs you into a particular career and a particular journey that you believe you are strong in um but I do also believe that, you know, Bendulo, I sit before you as a 23-year-old who has probably changed her career choices <laughs> three times. Okay. Um, I, I went, I was going to do accounting. Mm, I remember that. Uh, 
Okay, first of all, no, no, first of all, I'm going to be a doctor like every other young black child that grows up and is told he must be a doctor. Must be a doctor. <laughs> and then I moved from that to wanting to study law. Then I moved from the law dream to wanting to be an accountant. Then I moved from the accounting dream back to law. Uh, but I moved from the accounting team having done first year in accounting. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and I was like, no, 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 no. And then I then went back and I did a BA um, with the hope that I'll then do a postgrad LLB and step into law school. When I was in my second year of my BA studies, I said, nope, great. I want to be an IPE specialist, so I want to specialize in the international political economics um, field, and that's what I want to do. I want to advise the state on how to run foreign affairs, mm. um, and I want to advise the state on foreign policy that are going to be economically beneficial for the state. Okay. Uh, graduated last year. I'm currently studying my honors in um, this, what's this thing? <laughs> international politics with a major in the South African political economy and I am working in the media space. So I am basically like alluding to the fact that life is so multifaceted that if we cage people in, right, Mm. sorry about that, we're like as a young person whose life is so ever-changing, like it could be very difficult to say this is the career path you should take and stick to it indefinitely so so um there is already a system that basically channels people and channels their thinking into a certain way um already from basically foundation phases right um to university i mean to high school um and post that Mm. but the reality is that our lives are so so change like ever changing so it would be very difficult it could be difficult to 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 box people in into career decisions that they take at the age of 16 15. that's true um so i want to go back to um the political landscape um of south africa um and the question that i want to pose here is um do you think identity politics is a problem in South Africa in, in terms of stimulating the economy? Um, um, BEE and um, obviously poverty-stricken people um, in this country are majority black. And But thing is, we can't also ignore the fact that there's also Indian coloreds um, and white people that are um, affected by poverty in the country. So... Do you think that BEE sort of limits the potential growth of the economy? I don't. Um, I think that if we're looking at economic justice prior to economic growth, it is important to empower those who are systematically excluded by by, um, be it the system of colonization and apartheid and 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 so i think for me it is far more important to empower a collective of people who have been in the past excluded by the system um before we can grow because if we are to say we're growing 
in whose favor are we growing yeah um, yeah who are we growing for so for us to say that be is stifling our economic growth is false and flawed because mm. the economic growth is going to favor who a majority of the people the people in this country are black yeah. um, and we if we're going to advocate for black people to enter space if we're going to advocate for black people to be funded and and and, and have fully functional entities and businesses with the state um we then cannot say that there are um policies like BE are, are regressive um, and they, they are not pro-economic growth. I think that's very, that's a very flawed um, analogy for us to have. Okay. Going back to apartheid, do you think the reason why people still vote for the ANC is because they still are haunted by apartheid um, in terms of our, our parents and the past? Sorry? I don't think so. Um, maybe, maybe the older generation are still attached to um, the ANC and, 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 and the liberation movement and but I think that the other bulk of people are, are potentially voting for the ANC because they generally believe in it like I do. Okay. Lazuwa Peshakoza, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um uh, would you like to show your share your socials? Um I am Mpazo Nyama on Twitter and I am Lozi Lopeshe underscore Koza on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming to the show, Lozi. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Pendulo.